You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about the Whalers. Catch a fire in the room. I have Adam, hey. Ben, oh. and John. Hello. Catch a fire is the fifth studio album by the reggae band The Whalers, released in April 1973 on Island Records. The producer was Bob Marley and Chris Blackwell, and the genre is reggae. I'm going to read from the book Michael Woodsworth. In December 1971, a down-and-out Bob Marley walked into the London offices of Chris Blackwell, founder of Island Records, looking to catch a break. Recognizing a golden opportunity, the Jamaican-born Blackwell fronted Marley and his band, The Whalers, $6,000 to fly home to Jamaica and record an album. Upon receiving the master tapes, Blackwell recruited American session men, overdubbed some catchy rock guitar and keyboard licks, and commissioned a cool Zippo-shaped record jacket. The album generated rave reviews and set the stage for reggae's international ascend. Not only was this the first reggae album to penetrate the rock market, it was also Marley's key collaboration with fellow Whalers founder Peter Tosh and Bunny Livingston. Backed by the thick, disciplined bass lines of Ashton Family Man Barrett (laughs) and the squeaky clean upbeats of Tosh's guitar, the trio laid out the range of their vocal ability, broadcasting their militant message in rich harmony. Uh, Catch a Fire is definitely the work of a band bursting with hunger and creative energy. All right, what do we think of Catch a Fire by either Bob Marley and the Whalers or the Whalers? I mean, it was released as the Whalers. Whalers. The the, the 74 reissue at that point, it was renamed Bob Bob Marley Marley and and the Whalers. Whalers. Yeah. What do we think? I I love it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little surprised when the guitar started kicking in. That it's got like a little like sessiony like electronics and you know yeah, those overdubs of, don't sound. They don't sound like they fit. Um, they don't take away too much for me, but they're just kind of. I've had this a little weird. I I got this album when I was first in college, and I didn't notice that some of the guitar licks were overdubs. Until I read about it this week, and then oh, upon right. okay. re-listening, I was like, "Oh, there it is." But I guess like twenty two decades of just listening to it, I got I don't. But you you surely heard it on like stirred up, which is a different version than we probably are accustomed to, right? Well, well, Johnny Nash had a hit with it. Yeah. So you you like you might be the only version of it of the Whalers doing it that I know is the the album track. Interesting. And. I think that wah guitar is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having some of that like amped up electronic uh, style of guitar and organ 
it, it adds a lot of feel to the songs. Like you just have to be ready for that type of feel. Yeah. You know? Like, cause I feel like this album kind of has a little bit of, okay, here's some, there's like one or two songs on here that are actually like rock steady songs. They're not reggae songs, but then they're like, okay, well now we're going to transition into reggae and this is what it's going to sound like yeah. where you have, instead of like the vocalists, like the trio vocalists, you kind of have Bob Marley coming out as a main vocalist and Peter Tosh being main on his songs. Yeah. Which ones would you call rock steady? Yeah, I was about to ask that same um, like, Stir It Up that might is, be good to Stir It Up is rock steady. Is it? Yeah. It's, how, how do you how is it defined? Like how That is super hard to define. Yeah. Um it's a, it's a when very, you know you know. Yeah, it's kind of a very limited period of time in which that musical style existed between nineteen sixty six and nineteen sixty eight. And it is uh, a lot of the same things that you'll hear in reggae, like that kind of halftime. Uh, mm-hmm. So not like a little bit slower and then hitting on the ones and threes uh, or the off beats. Um, but it's differentiates from reggae in a little bit in that the vocalists tend to be more harmonies as opposed to soloists. Okay. But it's, it's, it's pretty darn close. Also, <laughs> it's usually slower. A little slower. Yeah. 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 It's more. So if you can say like, okay, here's the progression. We go blue beat, we go ska, we go rock steady, then we go reggae. In that chronology and also progression of, of speed. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Do you want the definitions? You basically hit it. I mean, you basically got it. Perfect. Anything slow- about a mutant sl- rhinoceros no. in there? <laughs> 60s, slower form of ska with an emphasis on harmonies and socially conscious uh, lyrics. Cool. Yeah. So, so a contemporary of close. bebop, but not a warthog, a, a rhinoceros, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. probably right. like the... Um, the Paragons, who did, they're, they're like rock steady. Yeah. Who did like the Tide is High, that Blondie later yeah. cover. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I like rock steady. Yeah, guess. Toots and the Maytals yeah. may have had yeah. a couple of rock steady songs, but they were mostly like Blue Beat and Ska. How about like uh, Desmond Decker Israelites? Would that be Ska or rock steady? It's pretty slow. I think that's yeah. pr- probably rock steady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they do a lot of harmonies. Hey, if you're an expert, uh, well, write Ska us a has a lot about upbeat too. It has a lot with the to do with the, the like the the pickup the pickup yeah how about yeah. less than pick Jake? it up pick it up <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, mighty mighty <laughs> Mephiscopheles um no um well, you know we know what that is but uh <laughs> the album that launched a thousand ships <laughs> yeah. all those all those waves the sky just keeps on washing up on the shore yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, bedraggled <laughs> brood boys. <laughs> Let's start that group. Yeah. This did pretty well, too. Peaked at number uh, 171 on the Billboard 200. Yeah. So, I mean, even just to break into the Billboard 200 with this yeah. kind of sound. Well, that era. This was too. new. Yeah. Also, yeah. like that era, the Billboard 200, like, it was it was hard. I mean, that because, like, I mean, these days, lo- lots of, like, small bands can crack the 200, but, like... This probably actually had to sell to do it. Well, because the, the Whalers kind of got pulled up a little bit by, what, Johnny Nash, right? Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. the guy that did uh, I Can See Clearly Now. And then, and although he, Bob, Marley, Bob Marley wrote uh, Stirred up. up, he did it first. Stirred Up is on, he did it first? Johnny Nash did it Because yeah. I know it's on the I same the album as I Can See, I can clearly, see clearly Now. now. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, they were actually, they were... On tour with Johnny Nash was why they were in England down on their luck in the first place. (laughs) They were on tour with Johnny Nash, and then I don't know what happened, but he left tour to go back to the States, and they were just 
Munsoned in England oh without, without enough money to get back. So, uh, yeah, they uh, approached uh, Chris, Blackwell Chris Blackwell at Island. Island. Got him plane tickets in an advance. Wow. Cool dude. Yeah. Way to go. Good idea, Chris. too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Apparently, they were under... At the time, they were under contract by CBS, and there was a dispute, which, you know, unsurprisingly, there was... CBS took umbrage. Yeah. Uh, but uh, somehow... Uh, Island won the the legal dispute, like they didn't win it clean. Like uh, CBS retained like uh, publishing rights. Do you think they used like they were like they're from Jamaica? We're called Island Records. I mean, <laughs> run, by, yeah, I mean run, by, uh, run by a guy that was born in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. And the judge was like, "That's enough for me." <laughs> you have to imagine he's wearing a wig. This is England. <laughs> Wait, is, I'm imagining instead of a barrister wig, it is a like a, a glam wig. No, no, like, as dreadlocks. Like, oh, oh, no. oh no! It, I mean, at that time, it could like have been like a Basquiat. Are they still, are they still like powdered, like powdered yeah. white? Yeah, they have to be powdered. Just powdered yeah. white dreads. Yeah, there you go, powdered for sure. Yeah. yeah. talk about uh men maybe more ask you know what is it that you think that made bob marley so iconic and so i mean he is of the 20th century artists like one of the top 10 i think just most like iconic like he's on like that james dean marilyn monroe kind of plane you know he died young uh, I agree. He was that is a factor. Revolutionary, both politically musically and, and also musically. politically. Yeah, he, he was I just, like. I just feel like it was, we have to talk about it. Briefly, yeah. an enemy of the state. Yeah, yeah. Well, like not like the Jamaican state. It's it's so fascinating to me when somebody reaches that level of zeitgeist for for a long time. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, even like someone like like uh, Fela Kuti or something. You know who you know, had like a funeral procession that was miles and miles long of all the people celebrating him. Like, and he, he doesn't have the iconic status that Bob Marley has, you know, there's these people out there. Well, Bob Marley had hits. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree that it's like, it is a different, I mean, his he stuff was, is so accessible. He was also very young. I, I mean, it, there's something about connecting with that youth culture, yeah. I think. And he's a handsome that, guy. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's handsome. He is, yeah. Well, I mean, it's also sort of a geographical issue, too. Like, yeah. if you've got someone who you can equate with England and the Caribbean and U.S., like, you're hitting the major music markets yeah. and you've got a little bit of something that's new and different, but it's not so unfamiliar or so far away that you can't make it a hit or make it pop. I think you're right that, like, yeah, the hits thing really does matter because it's... These songs are when you listen to like um, uh, what's the album that like everybody has that's like the best of this legend. legend legend yeah. yeah I mean that that it's just like jam after jam and it's those songs are so streamlined into a 
like really good single format little intro get into the verse hit that chorus like it's just yeah. so and the recordings are great the performances are great it's just we we have covered only a few people that i think have reached like iconic status of this yeah, like Mor- frank sinatra Mor- and Morrison. elvis mm-hmm. i thought morrison morrison's and, up there but like hendrix 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 i would say is up there and i think morrison's like Lower, but like Sinatra yeah. and yeah. Elvis. You're thinking of like college posters? I'm thinking, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like like who's, who's and the Lennon. Post? I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, Lennon. Um, you know, it's like even Bowie, like I just I don't know if Bowie had reached like the iconic status that Bob Marley so. has, you know? He like, does to a certain degree, I mean the Stones have too, but like in a weird way, I almost think like Bob Marley is like more globally resonant. Yeah, you're like, right. It's I he's just such a huge Factor. I mean, and I, I mean, it is a musical portion of it. I mean, obviously, you you cannot separate the man from the music. Yeah. But I think that, you know, if you're talking about marketing and and you know, like what yeah. does the world recognize? They recognize a musician who, in some ways, they can feel as if they have a personal connection with. Yeah. And if you want to say like, oh, why is this person popular? Well. He smokes weed. You know I think I think you're not wrong that like introducing yeah, yeah. The weed and they like to put up a poster to let people know that they smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. and then maybe they're gonna get like uh, one of those tapestries with a pot leaf on it. Oh yeah, that's cool. Is it too. a black light? <laughs> yeah, it poster should be. I mean, slash if you, tapestry. If, you can afford the black if it's light not, one. you paid too much. Okay. Exactly. But uh, I just I, don't but, know. I mean I think no, but I think that's gotta be a part of it. You know, yeah, like yeah. And this is a whole other. I love him, by the way. I'm a fan. Like, Like, I like Bob Marley a lot. I remember the first person who lent me a Bob Marley album. I was like, really, man? And I was was like, oh, that's really good. Well, but the the music (laughs) is good. You can't deny that the music is good. And it makes you feel amazing. And there's different styles of music and styles of songs that he does. You know, he's got. Yeah. Social consciousness songs, yeah, he's got romance song, songs, yeah. he's got Stared songs up. about smoking weed, songs so, about little birds, <laughs> right? Exactly, everything that you might need or want, and uh, you know, I, I think that bringing at least through some of his music, like Rastafarianism as a concept to the world, which is kind of a new religion, yeah. it created in some of the listeners a a built in fan base of people who are saying, okay, well, I want to. Uh, embrace you know, that exactly embrace that and maybe you know like okay well why can't there be uh, a black savior you know yeah. like why can't there be uh, self-sufficiency and then on the other side of it which you know people tend to forget about it's it's highly conservative in a lot of ways mm-hmm. like uh male sure. and female gender roles uh even as displayed in songs like midnight ravers in this day and age you would probably look at and say okay well he's he's being a little <laughs> a little restrictive on you know gender norms yeah the, the thing about it, too, that I was thinking about it this week is this gives the perfect segue from the 60s, like we're always talking about high come down or whatever. This is the perfect into I don't want to go into like rock and roll easy listening, but this is a different form oh, of that easy listening. I like that. And it puts Aging it into definitely easy going, easy yeah. going. So I'm still a hippie. I don't I never, you know, stopped hanging out and you know just having a good time but i don't i don't need the noise you know what i mean this is this provides a, a a nice background i can also see to to put on a record and chill out if you yeah. listen to like you know a lot of that uh like late 60s like san francisco folk stuff and you're just kind of like burnt out on it because yeah. it's pretty samey yeah like what a fresh sound that's still like kind of chill i mean it's, it's ultimately still folk music yeah it's just a different kind I could definitely see 
you know, I've noticed that my own taste as I get older and older, it's like the, you know, what I'm looking for, what, what I think is cool has changed. Like I like some mellower stuff now that's not the same mellow stuff that I liked when I was 19, you know, I actually have that stuff might sound like too dramatic to me or whatever. Yeah. And so it's interesting thinking about like people transitioning out of that, like late sixties folk scene into something like this. It's like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. gets warm enough to open up the windows this is one of very first records I put on nice. just about annually yeah air out the house it's a good spring record. turn up catch a fire yeah I do a lot of uh, Jimmy Cliff that's, oh, like, yeah. that's like Jimmy Cliff is my reggae go to like that's I just I love him but yeah. you know but I, I totally get that and that this is a great option <laughs> yeah so this hit pretty hard uh, does anybody have like favorite songs because I was I was like it's all good. Yeah, I love Concrete Jungle. That's that was my that was my entryway. Yeah, I heard it. I was taking one of the the rock and roll history courses that they offered at IU, okay. and the and we we were getting to reggae, and he, he played us Concrete Jungle, and uh, and told us about it, and I went out that day and ordered this record. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Steer It Up was an early standout for me as just like just a great single. It's a great vibe, but I think Concrete Jungle is up there too. Yeah. It's maybe kinda, maybe kinky reggae. I was a little yeah, like she had yeah. brown sugar I, I all thought, over her booga wooga. I knew, yes, yeah. that's silly. the anatom- <laughs> anatomically correct statement of the of the region is the booga wooga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's brown sugar it's all cl- over. It's it. a clinical term. <laughs> that's how a lady calls it. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun song. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's a little silly, but yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever. Who cares? It's not supposed to be. I just uh, yeah, it wasn't as strong. Oh yeah, no, but, they're not. They're not all amazing. But they're probably having a Kinky Reggae though is on like a lot of collections. I know. Like, really? It was well, there's one of the ones like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of the ones where he starts to like really push some of his vocals. Yeah, he does like he does a lot of like uh, gap filling mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Okay. I learned today that catch a fire means burn in hell. Thought that was cool. Nice. Yeah. Hence the slave driver catch a fire. Yeah. Nice refrain. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, next time you want to tell someone burn, burn in hell, you just say catch a fire. They'd be like, "Yeah, dig it." Yeah, yeah, because they, they probably think, think <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, because if you if you didn't know the well, patois, you look, you look at the album cover and right on the well, on, and even the first one's a Zippo, and then right. the second one's yeah. a, a blazing joint. Yeah, right? <laughs> so you're like, "Oh yeah, let's catch a fire." Yeah. No, dude, <laughs> like, you catch a fire. I love the Zippo. The Zippo's so cool. It's I mean, really cool. I'm sure it would rip out immediately because uh, it was like a grommet, like just on the edge of uh, the side. Oh, there so that, it was actually still attached on the hinge. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's attached oh. on the hinge, and of you the like tw- lift it up. Oh, of the tear. twenty thousand made 
much much like the the uh, sticky finger zipper, although they made way more of that one. Of the twenty thousand they made of the Zippo, to find one with, with that the hinge isn't torn out on yeah. is very rare. And it's cool when you, you open the top and it opens like a Zippo, and then it's got a die cut flame in there, and then the yeah. the, the the records behind it. Oh, so I'm trying I had... to Google the album cover. Oh yeah, and it's just pages. Of for sale Zippos with Bob Marley's face on it. That's incredible. Um, I mean, you might have some luck though because they did it for Record Store Day 2018. They did like a reissue, reissue, repressing. Yeah, and I know it was limited as well because obviously you're not gonna, you know, press so many of those. But it's really cool. Yeah, I just found it. Yeah. Such a good idea too for yeah. them. Just one for two hundred dollars on eBay if anybody wants it. <laughs> you have any, any pictures of it, of it open? And you know the uh, the the second issue and beyond cover. Uh, you know it's a little on the nose, but it's it is a, a cool picture of him. It's an iconic picture of him. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, Bob Marley's head from the shoulders up, blazing a just pretty a, big just spliff. A spliff, just like a fucking hog leg. Yeah. <laughs> Original. Original Whaler, Bunny Livingston, Bunny, Bunny Whaler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played exactly one show as a Whaler. Uh, their first show in the UK, he played that, and then he left tour, retired as a Whaler, and left tour after that. Uh, he did not like touring outside of Jamaica. It was harder for him to follow his ITAL diet, and uh, he just preferred to tour around Jamaica. Mm. But uh, he, he was replaced by a guy named Joe Higgs. Then on the American leg of that tour, uh, uh, Whalers played with Springsteen, and they played with Spy on the Family Stone, and some of those shows are what really got him a leg up in the U.S. That's market. right, yeah. I heard that too. Yeah, it seems like a lot of these bands around this time, it's like who you were playing with, who you're opening for, like Skinner opening for The Who. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it just... Yeah. It just blows you up because if you can get in front of that many people i remember like king crimson well king crimson was like in front of like hundreds of thousands of people it was like their first new- show right yeah in new york opening for like the stones yeah. and it's like how i mean even if like 10 percent of those people you'd still have ten thousand people oh another song i really like is no more trouble it just came on in our headphones yeah i like this one yeah it's got a kind of a different sound from the rest on the album it's yeah. got like i don't know like like a funk kind of like a soul vibe to it the no more trouble and you know what yeah. we don't need no more trouble mm-hmm. I, I think I there's full, enough trouble I like, fully back this concept <laughs> I don't ever want to be in a situation in which I need more trouble I mean it'd be an ideal situation but what if there's only a moderate amount of trouble in Little China oh yeah that's a good point that's the time that you would need more trouble enough yeah. to be big yes yeah nobody wants medium trouble in no. Little China what if what if what if half of Stevie Ray Vaughan's band Double Trouble showed up and they were only single trouble? <laughs> then you would need more trouble. Yes, you're right. Those are two very good examples of times that you would need more trouble. But this is, he's talking about a time that's not that. Right, most times. Most times. Most yeah. times this song is great, just yeah. not those two times. Yeah. Cool. Do we need to even go around the room or anything? I mean, it's a positive. Everybody positive. Just positive. positive. Yeah. yeah, okay. That's what I thought, but I wanted to check. Yeah, I thought it was a great album. But up, up. Uh, we're going to get into, I think, two more uh, Marley albums. I know one is going to be Exodus, and I'm trying to think what the other one would be. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to talk to uh, I can't wait. It's yeah. going to be great. Fun. <laughs> more Bob Marley. All right, next time we'll be talking about Hawkwind. Hawkwind. 
space ritual. All right, thanks, y'all.